This is George Weingroff, live and in color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits, and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. All right, guys, welcome again. Live in color with Wolfie D. I got my man Jimmy across the street as always. Man, I tell you what, I'm a little fired up this morning. <laughs> I know you are, brother. How you doing? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little fired up at, at some individuals who, you know, I don't say their fucking stupid names that nobody even knows anyway. Right. But, you know, there's, there's, for those of you that know, you already know. For those of you right. that don't know, it don't fucking matter who they are because they're not shit. And, right. You know, I, I tried to be nice with these guys and they were cool as they could be when I was, you know, up there uh, in the New York area uh, a couple years ago. Want to give me a show because they liked it so much and yada, yada, yada. Well, you know, now ever since that I stopped doing it for uh, reasons that were I was getting screwed basically and yep. trying to take money from me. And now every chance these son of a bitches get, I see somebody sends me a clip or something. And, uh, you know, they're just trying to bury me left and right, you know? And they just try to say, uh, watching me wrestle is like watching paint dry. But get the <laughs> fuck out of here, man. I mean, these two dudes really. All they are is these kind of dudes that want to especially take advantage of wrestlers who their careers may be pretty much over or, or the older guys and stuff like that want people to bury each other. And if they're the fucking um, Howard Stern wannabes, they're just it's that shock jock dumb shit, man. You know, yeah. so they don't know fuck all about wrestling. Got wrestling yeah. Use of fucking monkeys, man. Right, right. And and when their videos pop up, it, it bugs me because I do my very best to never see anything from them. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, so it, like I'm worried my, my algorithm may be messed up whenever right. I see a I'm something such a fucking shitty wrestling piece of shit once you fucking keep my name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> There you go. All right. You are fired up. I love it. But yeah, fired up Wolfie is not somebody you want to mess with. I'll just well, say that. Jamie even told uh, Eric this past weekend when he's up there because they we were supposed to go on their show again. Originally, I told them, no, fuck, no, I'm not doing it. Told Eric that. Well, it's kind of part of the deal because they pay. And that's another thing. I want to point that out. They pay for all the fucking guests that they get. And I'm very proud to say that the people who come on our show come on because they respect me or they like me or whatever the fucking reason is. It ain't because I paid them a fucking nickel, not one person. Right. And that's a standard we've set from the start. When you get the king, Jerry Lawler, for just the fact that it's your show, when we got him on the sole fact that it's the Wolfie D podcast, that really set a bar that we can never I mean we I've sent out messages to legends man legendary wrestlers and they come back to us with like ah oh, it's going to be this for this and I'm like it's not going to be that cuz you ain't going to be on the show you know yeah, not that, that big of a deal <laughs> right thank no. you I, I wanted to have a guy from the cartoon but that ain't going to happen god bless you have a good day yeah. you know enjoy not making that <laughs> cuz we're not going to do that so but you know, and we've had cool people like Brooklyn Brawler, for example. I sent him a message on Twitter 
Uh-huh. And I think Brawler's going through some stuff. And, and, you know, maybe WWE did him wrong. And, and you know, Brawler's a legend in that sense, you know. And he declined. He said, I love Wolfie D, but I can't right now at the moment. And basically, I, I just, that tells me everything right there. Yep. Is, you know, the people that matter, they care about you, man. And the people that don't matter want to tear you down. And th- those guys don't matter, you know. But, again, you know. <laughs> I just so, had enough. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't totally. the time they did some shit like that. Just, yeah. It pissed me off. I mean, we could do a whole episode. We will never do a whole episode about it, but we could. And yeah, it would be fired up. But you did have a great time up there from what I understand. Sounded yeah. like. Last weekend, uh, we, we had a good good time at the Wrestling Icons. and the, There's a, a comic shop in Queens that we went to. Um, what was the other one? Um... It was a, oh the virtual signs at K and H WrestleFest you know that was yeah fun. And, yeah and I, and we had a blast man we had a blast me and Jamie just it, we, we laughed so much man everybody's stomach was hurting so yeah yeah you got the band back together and you know until the band is not together don't believe everything you read either yeah. Yeah. let's just say that right <laughs> well, yeah we'll kind of leave it at that. Yeah, let's leave it at that, and and we're knocking on wood, but at the same time, don't believe everything you're reading. You know, I would love to say that this would never be an issue, but one thing that I will say is that you guys, when you're together, you all are magical, man, and it's you know, it you're you definitely want to see it, and that's why the guys that want to take advantage of people want that. They 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 want to make viral clips i'm sorry i'm not going to talk about them anymore i'm going to shut up (laughs) but that's what y'all are together y'all are magical it's really cool to see that so you know i'm glad y'all had a good time you know today's episode dude i'm you can't really talk about pg-13 you can't really talk about wolfie d without talking about our guest today i mean i mean we've done that in the past talked about him a lot when people are you know, or when I'm kind of telling my story, he's a huge part of it in the beginning. So, uh, yeah, man. And thank God he liked me. <laughs> <laughs> thank God he liked you because he would be bad if he didn't. You know, <laughs> you, George Weingroff to me is the pro wrestler's pro wrestler. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. the normal fan may not know who he is, but at the same time, all the good pro wrestlers knew who he was. Yeah, and cool. if, if you go on YouTube, look him up. He's great. I mean, <laughs> he's clearly responsible in the ring by the guy this guy i saw a match recently with him and wild bill Irwin, and uh, wild bill is getting he's getting his ass kicked and george is getting the best of him he's like this guy ain't blind oh, the he ain't blind i'm telling you that oh and denying the fact that he's blind <laughs> <laughs> that's good it is good well anyway do you want to you want to shut up and get george on Let's shut up and get George on. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. 
If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. Hey, we're back. Uh, live and in color, Wolfie D. And I have got the greatest guest, man. One of the guys that uh, was so instrumental in my um, wrestling career because he taught me, like, taught me how to work. When I was a kid, uh, Gypsy Joe got me in the ring and trained me. But then hands-on, I was in there with uh, George Weingroff. He was called the Sheik back then. Uh, his brother Herbie was was in there with him. And the history of George Weingroff, you guys have no clue, man. George wrestled for the blind uh, and what a shooter he was. And I, I can't thank him enough for not tying me up uh, every night. But George, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, and uh, I can say you were a good student, but I was fortunate enough to have some really good teachers myself. Um, you know, my, my father was a wrestler and a manager yeah. in Saul for years, and um, I got a lot of good stories how I started with the Macho Man, um, and we trained together. Yes, that's one of the main things I want to talk about, because, man, one of the, uh, the, the Road Warriors, Mr. Perfect, and Randy Savage were the people that made me want to be a wrestler. And you were the first person, I swear to God, you were the first person that I got in the ring with at 15 or 16 or whatever I was. And when I worked you, I was like, I'm in here with a professional. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, if I can share with you the story, um, I really got acquainted with Randy Savage. I graduated from college. The next day, I flew to Toledo, Ohio to um, uh, be with my dad and, and wrestle for the Sheik. Uh, Randy was. Yeah. Uh, and I can recall um, back then, it was a $50 minimum. So oh. Randy and I uh, were getting um, maybe two two bookings a week. Randy, oh. Randy was... 160 pounds. He had just quit baseball. Um, <laughs> but, but he was so, uh, um, I don't know what's the right word. He was so driven. He, um, yeah. Randy and I spent, we spent the entire summer together where I was staying, had, had a pool. So we would go to the pool. We would go to the gym and work out with weights. And then we went with uh, Pez Watley and a few other guys up in Toledo. They had a um, the great Wolkowski had a um, Wojcikowski. He had a gym, and we'd go there and practice uh, moves, and uh, you know, kind of kind of taught ourselves. Um, so, yeah. so I had a I had a great summer being being around Randy. <laughs> you know, so we, awesome. we were yeah. every day together. So I was I was blessed. <laughs> That's awesome. And, 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 you know, I may jump around. But Randy's okay. philosophy was that um, later he wanted to have everybody's best match, whether yeah. it be a midget or Andre the Giant. He wanted to have everybody's <laughs> best, best match. And, 
and and he did and and randy wouldn't he wouldn't take off matches he felt like um whether it was uh fifty people in the audience or fifteen thousand he was gonna work just as hard yeah so yeah. you know i mean he had t- he had such a great attitude, and uh, he was he was such a pleasure to work with. I had my first match with him. I had a babyface match with him in Detroit in Cobo Hall. Yeah, and it was a minute Broadway, and he he choreographed the whole thing. He really? had the best match on the car. Yeah, so it was it didn't like, just did, start did with, he, with, with Richard to you? Did he give it to you verbally or did he write it down like they say like No, he didn't, say, he didn't write it because we 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 were practicing, you know, different moves and uh, at um University of Toledo's wrestling room, but we would yeah. practice not it wasn't just um the moves, you know, it was uh you know, ha- how to walk to the ring, how how to how to uh, step yeah. through the ropes, how to how, right. how to get it it was you want to have good ring presence. Right. Let me yep. back up just a second, man. Cause I got to sure. ask you this. Cause it was, it was one thing that was always like in my mind, man, when I was, I mean, you met me when I was 15 years old. Right. And, and I was wrestling you and man, like I said, you were the first person that I got in the ring with. It was a difference from them um, them weekend warriors. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and, yeah. and I asked you this. I asked you this. They told me, okay, George, George is blind. He wrestled for the School of the Blind, and you were freaking awesome for that. We'll, well, I, I think we'll go back well, well, to well, that. Well, but well, you know, I mean, uh, the the legally blind stuff is is relevant. You know, I can I. I, I can see uh, p- pretty well done. Like, like things are just kind of blurry to me. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm good enough to wrestle four years and start for the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Yeah. So, you know, I had, a, I had a pretty good amateur background. Right. Which served well in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Some young boys, did they try you? Yeah, I want to talk about that for sure. Oh, yeah. Up. Jimmy wants to talk about that. Go ahead and throw it in there, Jimmy. Well, I mean, at 41 years old, you are going into Pancrase in 93. I mean, a lot of guys are dialing it down to around that age, trying to take the easy matches. And you're literally wrestling the, I mean, Yoshiki Takahashi. I mean, you were wrestling, I mean, some absolute badasses. And you were winning and being yourself and being the badass that you are. Hide <laughs> motherfuckers up. <laughs> yeah, I first went that uh UFC Ken Ken Shamrock took me. Yeah. And um we we went a week or so early and practiced in, in the dojo. Uh it got the shit beat out of me, you know, uh by 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 Shamrock and he's wanting to go out and run ten miles every day and you know, I'm like, <laughs> Oh uh, <laughs> Boss Boss Rudin was on the card, you know, it was a pretty big deal. But yeah. I bet I paid this. It was a work. They pay, okay. they paid me extra to put the guy over. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's always kind of that blend, right? I think even some of the right. current UFC companies are even doing, or MMA companies are kind of doing that. Bellator, they're kind of doing work shoots kind of deal. But I just I just think about you know like people talking about that. Re- you know, I've I've heard Ken Shamrock bring you up before and he was he was talking about some it, of the newer guys and he said, you want me and George Weingroff to show you some of that real pancreas stuff, brother? And he was getting kind of hot with some of the younger guys, you know, talking like uh, they're tough. And 
he brought you up in that, and that was pretty cool. So yeah, they. I mean, I was I I did real good in the practice, you know, stuff. So they 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 knew, and and they didn't want to take a chance, and you know, for extra money, I didn't give a damn. You know? Right, <laughs> you right, know? right. That's and, awesome. And Sam worked his match. Hey, yeah. so let me let me ask you this, George. I mean, you knew uh, Pete, you know Gypsy, who kind of trained me and then trained Pete and all that kind of stuff. My question is this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, man. Why did you take to me and want to help me? I really want to know that. I saw potential in you. Yeah. You were, you, you were athletic. You were, you were willing to listen. Um, you know, you were ideal and I'm not in the car, you know, that about taking this stuff seriously, because you could make a hundred thousand dollars a year if, if you started taking it seriously. And and I thought, thought you had the potential. Yeah. And then I got hooked up with Jamie and it fucked everything up. Right. <laughs> well, you you probably had a few good years. Yes, you know? absolutely, absolutely, man. I used to love working with you, man, because, like I said, like pulling teeth. I call it pulling teeth. You know, some guys they don't have a good marriage with each other. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, man. Every time, like I said, every time I got in the ring with you. And especially the first time I was like, and, and I'll tell you another funny thing. <laughs> when I got in the ring with you the first time, you were the first guy that I, I guess I'd ever gotten the ring with that like shaved or whatever. And you, put me <laughs> oh, yeah. you put me in a headlock and I was like, fuck this. This guy's arm prickly or something. <laughs> this is fucking like grinding my face. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i'm gonna jump in here real quick okay so I, my little time in the business i this is how i met wolfie d i don't even claim it as a career i just had a minute in the business and i was a manager and obviously you know we can't talk about managers without talking about one of the guys that if there was a mount rushmore of pro wrestling managers he would be right on the top of it is gentleman saul weingroff talk about your dad a little bit i mean yeah off and sika the Ron Brauners. I mean, he was doing it at a time that that wasn't really something that even existed. Can you tell us you a know, little bit about your pops? It's a, it's a shame that he was early because he'd have made a lot of money, you know, late, later on. Oh yeah. Um, so let me just. He was my my dad was in the navy. He was a baseball pitcher, and he um he started boxing. So he was a pretty good boxer, and he was good friends with um, An- Angelo Dundee. And then from the boxing, he he, he got into that. a funny a funny story. You couldn't pull it off today. Uh, you familiar with Eddie Graham in Florida? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, they worked a deal where they met each other downtown, uh, and uh, they started fighting, and they both got arrested. It was it was the biggest story ever. And then, yeah. then they then then they go to court and they just they drop charges and they're just mad. But you you can't do that stuff today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and he was he was very good on he was very good on the mic. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, had a great look too. Such a classic look that now, it, you know, Mac then it may have just been a really, you know, like dressed up look. But to me, he has actually what you would consider a classic look now. He had that hat. He had the glasses. It was just a great yeah. look, you know, super cool. <laughs> Let me tell you my favorite Randy Savage story since we're, you know, you know, you were you were very close with him. And uh, what was it? ICW, you know, mm-hmm. and my favorite Randy Savage story, because he was one of those people that made me want to be a wrestler. I love Randy Savage. Love him to death. I think he's one of the greatest ever. Now, I don't even think that they give him enough credit. I mean, he's not just the Slim Jim guy. He's he's not. He, he was so good. He's in the top four or five workers. Everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and so good. Absolutely. And me and Jamie, when we first broke in, I think it was like 95 or something, we did a show in uh, Old oh, okay. At old old Miss. That's a dope story, right? <laughs> Do what? What'd you say? This is a, you need to smoke. Lots yes. Of dope. Yes. You've heard it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he, he called us over. We're, we go to this bar after uh, an old Miss show, and, you know, we're being respectful, man. We don't go sit next to him. We sit across the bar from him. We went to this right. little dive bar, and he calls us over, and he's like, hey, I, uh, I like your shit. And uh, we're like, cool, man, thank you. And he said, you know what you got to do? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and this is going to be an yeah, epiphany. Yeah, Smoke a lot of pot. (laughs) (laughs) That's the greatest ever. That's the greatest ever. Yeah. Steve Kern said that he was just checking to see if you had any, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Steve did say that. That's hilarious. Yes. So you were working for the Grams, the Goulises, and the Poffos basically at the same time. Talk about how you were doing those trips and and how that was going. Which ones? You want me to... (laughs) Well, I mean, you kind of were just doing all three, and it was amazing. I was looking at the list of your matches, and I was thinking, man, he's there at the Grams. There's the Ghoulas. There's the Poffos. It's like you were literally working. Uh, the, the best territories in the longest trips was uh, I was with Bill Watts for over a year. Yes, sir. And then, and then, and then I, went, I went to Texas with the Von Erics, and it was short trips and plane flights. Yeah, and, and you made and you made good money. I was there at great times. Now I heard that you were sometimes Bill Watts' tester of young guys. Is that maybe true? Yeah, he um, when he wanted uh somebody to um to to get stretched, like <laughs> for instance, coming to the office and bugging him, and he wanted to wrestle one of the wrestlers, and Bill says, "Well, I'm I'm gonna." If you want to get into bed, I'm going to let you re- uh, have a match with one of my underneath guys. Yep. So, like in Tulsa, um, after the matches, you know, I'd get in the ring with the guy, and and Bill would referee, and I'd stretch the shit out of him. And usually, it ended up he'd be screaming. He'd be trying to get out of the ring, and I'd have his shoes, and he'd get out leaving. And, and yeah. all the boys would that they would sit in the back and watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you a quick story. The yeah. Papas, I was on their very first show in um, Sawyersville, Kentucky. We only had four people on the card. It's probably the only four-man card. So um, uh, I wrestle Angelo, uh, Lanny, and Randy wrestle, and then we come back in a tag. Only three matches. So then uh, they asked uh, five people that would like to um, – 
go a takedown with me. So I wrestled five marks and and went takedowns with him. Sawyersville, <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky. Wow. <laughs> so working for the Poffos, I'm from a town in Virginia called Lebanon, Virginia. And one of our greatest claims to fame is that we are the home of professional wrestler Jim Hoot Gibson. Do you remember him and have any stories about him? Of course. He was he was Ronnie Carbon's buddy. Yeah. And he owned the uh, he owned the hardware store. Yes, sir. He sure did. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and Ronnie Garvin married his next door neighbor. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. My uncle actually went hunting with them. So it was. Yeah. Hoot was one of the nicest guys ever, but um, he just didn't have it. And he never got to, um, to, to go to a regular territory and learn. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's a real nice guy. Yeah. Who, that's near Abington, too. Yes, sir. Yeah. About 20 minutes yeah. away from Abington. Who was a great guy. Did you ever do any wrestling around that area? Yeah, we went um, went with Garvin from Knoxville. We'd go up there, and I, I think who uh, promoted um, Lebanon maybe once. I remember going up there with Bob Roop and um, and uh, and Garvin. They they ran the town one time. That's awesome. You know how man, like I don't know about you, George, but just like. I stole stuff from different people and kind of made it my thing. And the one thing that I remember about working with you, you got a lot of Randy Savage in you. We were talking about that. I mean, just the, 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 yeah. and but just kind of the way you, you walked learn, around. You, you learn, you learn what to do and what not to do when you exactly, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and man, I thought that was so cool because like he was one of my favorites. And like I said, you were one of the first people that I got in the ring with. And I was like, okay, he's, he's the real deal. And you taught me so much. I put you over so much when people ask me questions. Well, thank of, you. Of, you know, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I, I I had several one-hour one broadways with Randy. You know, you wow. you don't even have wow. to think. You don't even yeah. have to think. Yeah, you know, oh, it was man, I'm giving anything. Yeah. Road Warriors got to wrestle him. Mister Perfect got to wrestle him. Randy never got to wrestle him. I would have given anything to have wrestled Randy Savage. But what I what, what I was going at is just you take stuff from different people and the cool things from this person and that person. And, you know, I, I hear all these guys today, oh, I sat under the learning tree or I watched this or I watched that. I think watch your own shit. Because you're going to see what you do wrong. If you don't watch your own shit, you're going to like be the shits. Some people have delusions of grandeur about, you know, of, of, of their abilities. You know, they really don't know. They don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was in Japan, two different tours with the, with the road warriors and boy, that you never seen anybody over so much. They used to beat the get out of them them jabs <laughs> but it was it was fun being with them in and ellering too you know oh, i'm was, sure yeah i'm glad i never worked with them <laughs> <laughs> well guess what i had to a few times and thank god they liked me and jamie hawking hawk animal liked me so <laughs> that's you awesome know, that's what i'm saying hawking animal liked me too and uh that's what i'm very yeah. uh 
glad about. And actually, uh, after Hawk was gone and, and whatnot, me and uh, Animal, it's when I tore my tricep, but me and Animal, I went to him. He was, he was going to do a run-in on this independent show, and I was booking it. And I said, hey, man, I said, I don't want you to just come up there and shit can everybody. I said, will you please do the doomsday device with me? And he looked at me, kind of cocked his head back. And he said, Wolfie, you know, I love you, man. I said, yeah. And he said, I'll do it for you. And so we went out there and uh, they ran in on us and we, we picked one guy up. He put him on the shoulders and I got to do the thing with him. And that was awesome, man. Yeah, that yeah, is that, awesome. That, that, you, can you imagine going to a bar in Minnesota where Rick Rude, Barry Darso, and the Road Warriors were all <laughs> yes, down? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Oh my. Yes. Throwing. And you, and you know who the toughest one was? Who? Rick Rude. Really? And that's, that's what awesome. they say. That's what yeah. they say. Yeah, he was bad. <laughs> he was if a bad ass. It, if you say it, I believe oh, it. <laughs> oh yeah, he was. So the story, you know, you're bringing up Randy, and obviously we know Randy. This Randy's one of our golden gods on this show, right. and then of course, you know, he's gone now, unfortunately, and now of course we've lost to Lanny. Can you give us a little bit of a, a comparison of Randy and Lanny as far as in the matches, and maybe why Lanny didn't make the top like Randy did? Lanny's personality was, I used to, you know, he wasn't, Lanny was not as intense and I would say he's not dangerous and Lanny really didn't give a shit. He was pushed into the business by (laughs) his brother and his, and his father, you know, he, no telling what, what else he, and he would tell me later on when they'd all pass it, you know, they just dominated his life, you know, his whole family and he was so be away from him you know he he had no life yeah i mean he was extremely athletic i would dare say he's yeah, almost he you know more gymnastic like than than randy yeah. you know but obviously randy had that it you know that that he was a yeah. star we've we've talked about that's, this on the show randy was a star no matter where he that's was my question that's my question where did uh lanny get the like the the gymnastics type shit. Where do you get that at? Well, I, he was in he was in um, gymnastics in school. Gotcha. He, okay. He took the classes, you know. Yeah, yeah. He just wasn't intense. Yeah. Do you by chance remember that 1979 Plan B video? Do you remember anything about that? It had Bob Roop and it was Bob Roop and Ronnie Garvin and a few of the guys, and they basically uh, were. I, I hated that, and yeah. I hated that. And, and Ronnie Garvin is so sorry that he did that. I you bet. know, they were just—they were just mad at the Fullers. You know, they wanted—they wanted to get paid more, and so they were going to take over the territory. And let and Ron, Ronnie said that's one of the biggest mistakes he ever made. And I, it was embarrassing at that time. It was embarrassing. <laughs> it never got shown until it, somehow it got—it got put out you know, later, later on. So it's been making the rounds on YouTube recently. I've seen it a couple of different places. uh, Yeah. It's just kind of uh, like, it just seems like it was kind of, I don't know. You can tell Ronnie was half hearted about it though. Honestly, you know, it was, it was, I was so embarrassed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, would they have come to you and said, Hey brother, you need to be on this. I wouldn't have. And, 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 and Randy wouldn't have either. Randy was a 
Peter was a hundred percent kayfabe, he would have never, at least I think he would have never, ever, ever done that. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like, okay. P- people know, they know who, who, who Dini has tricks, but you don't have to tell them. And to exactly. Tell everything. Right. You know? Wolfie says that all the time. I don't want to know oh. how David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty go away. Just, I like that right. he did it, you know, that kind of thing. Right, he doesn't have to tell everybody how he did it. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So do you follow, like, you know, current wrestling at all? Do you watch any of it? Uh, occasionally. And um, I actually, I hate it. You know, everybody, <laughs> with our, they're all gymnasts. They, they, they kick out of it. It doesn't mean a damn thing. It means right. nothing. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we talk about. That's what we talk about. You know, uh, honestly, man, because just coming up with you and, and here's my progression. This is what I tell everybody. Jimmy will ask or will tell you this. My progression was Gypsy Joe got me in the ring for the first time with uh, Pete and uh, Rick Reynolds. Then I got to work with you. And then I got my job in USWA and I got to work with Danny Davis. And then my next progression to draw money was Tommy Rich and Doug Gilbert. And then it was Rock and Roll Express. And then WWE and all that other bullshit. But Man, I totally appreciate everything you did for me, man. Dude, you taught me how to, like, I knew how to do the bumps, but you just taught me how to do them together. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A quick story. Um, Men Rossi, I guess you've heard of him. and, um, and, And Don Green are wrestling in Chattanooga, a sellout crowd. Well, two out of three falls, real quickly, um, Don Green gets a headlock on him. Works it, works it, works it, works it. Finally, uh, Ben gives up. Second round starts. Don, you know, they got the people screaming with a headlock. He, got, he, he, he gave headlock. up a headlock? Yes. Those they worked the headlock. Wow. So the second fall... He was, you know, he grabs the headlock again. Lynn struggles. Lynn finally gets out of the ring, and Don follows him. He's got the headlock on him. Still, somehow Lynn musters up some energy, and he throws Don into the turnbuckle outside. Don <clears throat> comes off, and Lynn jumps up and puts a headlock on him. You would have thought for <laughs> <laughs> the touchdown, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They go in and then Lynn works it and Don gives up. You know what uh, I mean? They, they, they just knew how to get the people. Yeah. yeah. How'd the third fall go? They have to do it all day. Ronnie, I never seen Ronnie Garvin do a drop kick. He said, I don't need to. Right. <laughs> right. Doesn't mean nothing. Yeah. To kind of go back, all the, you know, I know you brought it up a little bit earlier there, but your first time in Japan, what got you over there? It was in 87 in all Japan. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, Kent. Ted DiBiase sent me. Okay. And a couple of stories that, you know, they always put the young boys out there to, uh, to test you. Yeah. So I guess it was water or something. He starts this kicking shit. It says, screw you. I went behind <laughs> took him and I had guillotine on and I heard him and he's hollering. And I told, uh, Haguchi, the reference <laughs> said, when he's ready to work, I'll let him go. 
at any and meanwhile they were beating the shit out of the moon dogs and everyone else and i remember gordy saying well, you guys gotta fight back and 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 i said they can't they don't know how <laughs> they got the shit beat <laughs> terrible you but, didn't yeah, take so it, it served me well you know i never had it. <laughs> another one was um uh Tenerud. you remember that name oh Tenerud, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. So I knew he'd been in the state. So I gave that probably a twenty-minute match. I gave him a, a a regular match over here. You know, I sell for him. I take over, and then he beats me. And then uh, he sends word over. He hated the match. Oh. They don't want. They want. So the next time I wrestle, I beat the shit out of him. <laughs> beat the seven dog shit out of him, and then I put him over. And so he sneaks around. And comes in the back door, and I thought, oh, shit, he's going to want to beat me up. He yeah. comes over, six hand out, thank you, thank you. That's what I wanted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they like, right? They basically are like, let's beat the shit out of each other, and that's it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's do you, amazing. Do you, do you remember the guy they brought in that was the um, uh, Wajima? He was a, um, a sumo champion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in tag teams with him and um, Baba, and he, Baba told me, you suplex him, you do this and that. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you can't move that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just Baba, because he was so frail. I, to right. Shit, I don't want to hurt. Yeah, that's what I was just about to ask you. I just saw Andre the Giant and, and Giant Baba tag team match against uh, Tyler Maine or some of those guys. And it was like Andre was thick. You know, he was thick from head to toe. But, you know, Baba had that big barrel chest, but his arms seemed to be so frail. Well, it's called Barfan syndrome. He's so tall, you know, and right. I was worried he'd call a hip toss. I didn't want to I didn't want to mow him over, or, you know, hurt. You know, it was. It was hard to take it, take my own bump because that's the boss, you know? Right, right, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> David um, Von Eric, you know, he died over there. Yeah. You remember that story? Yes, yes sir. He, yes, sir. Yeah, David goes over on the airplane and he gets um, high and so forth. So they, they usually let you sleep over the, you know, the next day. So anyway... Joe Higuchi, the referee, told me the stories that he went up to his that he he wouldn't answer the phone or nobody knocking on his door. Higuchi got the key from the um, the hotel because they they knew him. He goes up there and they find a bunch of dope in there. So uh, yeah, he OD'd on dope and Joe flushed everything down the toilet. So the story was you know he had some kind of internal infection or something. No. Yeah, they they said he ate too many steaks. Uh, Bill Irwin has offered to fight any man who says different. I've, I've heard a lot of stories, you know, that anyone who's ever said it's a shoot is this, you know, what you just said. So I was I was not there, but uh, this is the statement from Joe Higuchi, the uh, the referee who was our um, our guide. Yeah, he told he told the story. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is Wolfie D. 
this is Steve Bowtie Bryant here. Back in the 90s, I was a pro wrestling photographer for the South, and I released what might have been one of the original sets of indie trading cards. I ran across some of these original sets. They were up in Randall Fanning's attic all this time. PG-13 rookie card, Ricky Morton, George Weingroff as the Sheep, Chris Champion, Reno Riggins, Billy Montana, Gary Valiant, the Scorpion, the Medic, Rick Reynolds, Jeff Daniels, Mephisto and Dante, Ben Jordan, Steve Neely, Marcus Woodrow, Clinton Charisma, Little Farmer John, if you'd like an opportunity to get these cards, contact me now. You can get them for only $49.99. Contact me at stevebowtiebryant at icloud.com. Get your set now while supplies last. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. George, man, you know my parents uh, loved you to death, man. Loved you to death. They also loved Gypsy Joe. And, you know, Joe kind of broke me in or whatever. Can you give me the best Gypsy Joe story? Oh, yes. Um, I'm, I go... They book a match between me and Gypsy Joe in Shelbyville. Yeah. So all the boys come out. They're all watching to see what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 Joe treats me with, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, light gloves, the whole match. They were so yeah, disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> it was a regular <laughs> match. <laughs> is that the, is that the only he, time? He, he, he didn't try to chop me. He didn't try to do nothing. Is that yeah. the only time you oh, ever worked they, him? That's the only time I ever worked him. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was the funny boy, because I mean, the boy, oh, even, even though he... To, I bet. <laughs> even though he, he... Well, I was uh, in pretty good shape then, you know? And I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. I, I, I could guarantee <laughs> I was probably there, but just... You no, know. I don't know if you were or not, but... You don't think? <laughs> yeah, I, did, I, I didn't know what to expect, but I was ready. Sure. <laughs> I bet you were. So Joe, Joe knows how to work, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of I think course. I stories about him being in Japan at Ribera Steakhouse and tell me he'd drink a couple of beers and take the beers and, and hit himself in the head till he was bleeding. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. he, was, he was over in Japan for being a tough guy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, they time, big, time, big time, and I, I'm proud to say that I uh, got in the ring with him, and you know he was yeah. the first person that like really ever showed me anything in a ring. We did it in uh, West Nashville at this barn where <laughs> the uh, the ropes were made of uh, garden hoses. And, yeah. The, 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 I, when I first met him, he was 240 pounds and he looked good. He used to take the damn best backdrops and everything. Oh, was, yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was big. 
Yeah. Yeah. Joe was awesome, man. The the first time I remember, like, I watched him beat the shit, beat the absolute shit out of uh, Freddie Morton in Columbia. And then I had to wrestle him the next week. And that was like my third match. George. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. I was like, what the fuck? This dude. I mean, he was throwing. Uh, he, he was grabbing uh, paint. Uh, what do you call those? Like what paint comes in those little cans or whatever. Cans. Yeah. 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 And he was throwing them on him. He was doing all this kind of shit. And then I had to wrestle him the next week, even though he trained me and I knew he liked me. He liked my mom. He liked my dad. And, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what was the story with that, Wolf? Like, why was he doing that? Because he didn't like Freddie Morton. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you guys want you guys want to get famous here and, and hear a great story no one's ever heard? Please. Hell yeah. Uh, have you, you, you have probably never heard the Randy Savage, um, Vanessa story. All right. Let's hear it. Um, but right before I got up to Toledo, he was living in a hotel with Pevs and, um, El Bracero. Do you know who, um, El, El Bracero is familiar with the name? Yeah. Yeah. And, and my dad, so Randy wasn't getting booked. I probably shouldn't tell this story, but what the hell? God damn it. (laughs) Um, so (laughs) pretty girl that hung around the bar at the hotel, right? Yeah. So my dad and some of the other wrestlers, they come in late at night. Randy comes running up to him. He's 160 pounds, just getting started. So Randy says, Saul, Saul, I fucked Vanessa tonight. Is it okay? (laughs) My dad looks at him and says, you stupid son of a bitch. Vanessa is a guy. It, it, I have another witness, El Bracero. He lives in Indiana, and I saw him a few years ago. He was there. And, yeah. uh, he made El Bracero go with him with a knife. Randy was going to stab him if they if they could find him, but uh, he was gone. Ra- Randy says he went up to the room. It was dark. They're kissing. And then Vanessa uh, turns over dog style, and that's what happened. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I People are not going to believe it on your podcast, but I no, they're going to uh, believe I was it. Not there, I was not there, but uh, you know, I got the story from my dad and Randy and <laughs> and El Cero. That yeah. is freaking hilarious! Oh my gosh, that's amazing! <laughs> I, want, I want Randy to write a book and put it in there. You know, yeah. that's good stuff. So you got an exclusive there. You know, Randy told me the story. You know, Angelo, Lanny, and my dad, and Pez Watley. So R- Randy always made me promise not to tell the story. He he asked me, please do not tell that story, please. But, but it's gone. You know, it's a great story. I fooled. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, play the name game with George. Oh, man. Okay. Yes. Hey, I'm pretty good entertainment, aren't I? Yes, you are. <laughs> This you is, can have a part. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically the name game, all it is, it's not a real game. But the name game is essentially when I say a name and you just give me a little bit of something about them. So here we go. I'll give you the first one. Yeah, go. Jamie Dundee. <laughs> you know, um, 
personally, I like Jamie. You know, yeah. I mean, he was crazy, and you had to you had to uh, hold him down. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but I didn't have a problem. I would. I he was entertainment. I just laughed at him. Yeah. yeah, you know what's funny is we were just up there in uh, New Jersey, and Jimmy Hart. We saw him, and he said the same thing that Jerry Jarrett said about us. He goes, "You know what, boys?" He said because uh, Jimmy's always been a a, a fan of uh, PG thirteen. He I said, Jimmy. What a nice guy. Yeah. "Yeah." He said, "He said, you know what?" He said, "The reason you guys got over," and he said it in front of everybody. He said, the reason you guys got over, he said, it wasn't a work. He said, this is y'all. This yeah. is how you are. And that's the same <laughs> thing Jerry Jarrett said, man. Yeah. And the reason he gave us our job. Well, hey, let's start with that. Jimmy Hart. Yeah, he's a, Jimmy's a really nice guy. I got his, My dad would, would not like him because, see, Jimmy was up and down on the ropes and let people hit him. My dad would not let anybody touch him until a finish. Right. You know, just tease him. It didn't mean nothing. They've already seen it. They already knocked Jimmy on his ass. You know, why right. are you doing yeah, yeah, yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. get up, but, but he wouldn't. So different, yeah. different, different philosophies. Yeah. How about Tojo Yamamoto? Do you know where Tojo started? Tell us. He was in the Navy. Okay. And he was Jacksonville, Florida. My dad was uh, promoting wrestling in Daytona Beach, so he, he'd come and watch it. And Tojo would sneak around and watch the wrestlers leave and, 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 and follow the cafe. So finally, him and Johnny Long, they wanted to break in. And so my dad, Johnny Long's another guy from Tennessee. Um, they, they wanted to have, a, so my dad thought, well, let's let them ha- ha- have an amateur match. They went out there and worked just like the boys. So that's yeah. how we got started. His name is Lawrence Tanabe, and he was in the Navy. That's awesome. Okay, well then, how about the honky-tonk man, Wayne Ferris? Um, I've, I've, I've had a couple matches with him, and he was so easy. You know, yeah. he was a professional. So easy. Yeah. Um, I liked that. I first, I wanted to book him on the show, and I only I had his wife, and she wanted a $1,000. And I said, well... <laughs> <laughs> if he wants to work, I, I can I, I can get him a hundred dollars. Yeah, you know? so, yeah. So, so, he, so I, I probably got it. He took it, you know. Yeah, it was a little far I, off. Like Coco, beware! He wants another hundred dollars to bring the bird. I said, yeah. Coco, I don't get shit. I've already got your book. You're the one who doesn't ha- have the bird, and you're not going to sell any pictures, right? You, know? you they, already book. He's, oh, yeah, that's, so <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay, so we've talked about his sons. We've got to talk about Angelo Poffo and possibly his best gimmick, the miser. Angelo, I didn't know it, but Angelo, he was, um, he, he had, he had uh, dementia all, and he had Alzheimer's. In the last 10 years, he was in really bad shape. But I think wow. he, was, he was showing signs of it up there, and he was very sick stubborn and very cheap and um just he we had we had good tv and you know he'd bitch about how much they were charging us and have a time uh, a stopwatch and you know it was just yeah uh, it, it, it 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 wasn't good gotcha gotcha he, he was so routine he did the same damn thing every match gotcha okay <laughs> what about old rip rogers oh <laughs> uh, 
I used to gas up Ronnie Garvin to go out there and work with him. Ronnie didn't like him. Yeah. Ronnie would beat the shit out of him and, and get him to do the old horsey thing where you spank him when he did yes. in Ronnie. <laughs> he'd, he'd pull his trunks down and pull him up, up in his ass and just and there wasn't anything Rip, Rip could do about it. It was hilarious. That's great. <laughs> I get up to do that. Yeah. What about my old buddy from Virginia, Boris Zukov, a.k.a. Private Jim Nelson? I, 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 I worked him a bunch in um, Louisiana. Jim, yeah. He was a nice guy. He had the biggest head i ever seen in my ever, life. Ever. <laughs> ever. And you know, he's lost he a lot of weight, nice. and his head is still oh, just yeah. as big. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't even recognize a, him. What a nice guy. He was a pleasure. You know, I didn't know him that much, but he was he was a nice guy. Okay, so this one I'm dying to know because I've heard some crazy stories about this guy. How about the missing link? Oh, yeah, I know him well. <laughs> was in Louisiana and Texas with him. Uh, uh, Dewey Robinson. Right. And he lived he, every place. And in Florida, he'd always lived at a, um, a nudist colony. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he never drove. Uh, Gail always always drove and he said what well, his job to wrestle and her job is to drive um, <laughs> that's not he, a bad deal he was, dewey was a stud but he was he was a missing link yeah he yeah. Was, and i went to a, um my wife and i time rita went to a nudist colony and you know we ate dinner there <laughs> she was so freaked out and it's She's like, well, what are you looking at? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, George, yeah. were you were you naked there? <laughs> no, I was. And, oh, and Dale didn't get naked out of out of out of respect for Rita, but they and and their son, Jay, um, he would uh, he lived there with them. You you know, I trained his son and um, Sam Houston. Do you know who Sam Houston? Yes, is? Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And uh, Grizz had me come out about twice a week and, and work with him. He was the absolute shit at first. I didn't think he'd ever make it, and he turned out to be really good. He has yeah. thanked me a hundred times. You know, that's yeah, yeah. another another brother of a famous wrestler. <laughs> actually, had this guy on the show in the past. We had an interview with him, Jake the Snake Roberts. I worked Jake a lot in Texas, and he was. Uh, to me, he, 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 he was a pleasure. My, my relationship with him was good. And it was yeah. always, uh, he'd always say, George, I'm working. Oh, it's going to be a night off. Yeah. It was so easy. Great yeah. psychology was so easy. Yeah. So one of my favorite managers, you know, obviously I respect your pops a, a lot, but Gary Hart. I don't, he was in Texas. Um, uh, I thought he was a bit ego, egotistical and I really didn't, you know, gotcha. not yeah. know. He was with um, Chris Chris Adams a bit and all that, and he was he was helping um, helping book. Yeah, I'm gonna throw a name out there, uh, please. Some, somebody that uh, really helped me and Jamie become a team, Chris Champion. Uh, you know, I had great matches with uh, Chris. For some reason, it was a good marriage. You know what I mean? He couldn't always have a good match with everybody, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to beat the shit out of him a few times. You know, he'd, 
Oh man, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. He's yeah, funny. Yeah, I I told him if he ever did do that shit again, you know, like you you do something to him and then he jumps up and does a Superman with a with an S on his chest. You know, yeah. motherfucker, you gonna for me? I'm gonna beat your fucking ass. You know? <laughs> but but I always had good matches with him. You know, yes. not, not, and not everybody could. You know, the gimmicks were good when, when he wanted to work. Yes, exactly. The the two last names I'm going to throw at you, man, is uh, my mom and uh, Pete. I thought your mom was a friggin' angel. She was yes. so... Thank you. She was so, an absolute angel. Um, Pete was... I don't know. Pete, Pete, Pete was Pete. He wanted yeah. to be a worker. Just, he just didn't have it. You know, right. he was a big yeah. guy. He 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 looked the part, but you, it was it was like pulling teeth to have a match with him. You know yeah, what I'm talking I know. about? I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he, and, and, and died owing me money. Uh. <laughs> you know? I don't doubt that. You know? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like Pete. Just admit, don't don't not answer the phone. Say I'll come over and take out your garbage or mow your grass or something. But he just ignored. I guess he was just embarrassed. You know, yeah. I bought him that, a car. That was you know, him. You, that was uh, him. you know, I mean, I already I, know. Just man. Say, I ain't got the damn. I don't have the damn money. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I already yeah. know. I already know. Yeah. But my mama, man, I love my mama. My mama she loved an, you. Yeah. My mama loved you to death. Yeah. yeah. And I always loved you to death, too. And, and let's let's talk about, we got to talk about Herbie. We got to talk about Herbie. <laughs> Herbie always wanted to be in the business. And uh, he, he her, her, Herbie helped train Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton yeah. came to my school. And I showed him his first headlock. And, um, you know, Herbie, Her, Herbie would do all the moves with him. And, um, uh, he had a match one time with Jamie Dundee cause somebody didn't show up. So Jeff Jarrett <laughs> threw him in there and, um, somewhere in Kentucky. Hold on a second. And, You're saying Herbie versus Jamie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they had Jeff Jarrett watch the match. He said, that's the best match on the car because Herbie would go back. Slingshot in and uh, all. See, Herbie. Her, Herbie actually knew how to work. Yeah, right. In right. The same size, but they had it. They had a great match. That's I awesome. No, remembers it, but I remember Jeff Jarrett. Like, holy shit, Herbie! I didn't know you could work. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I have yeah, one Jeff more. Ask as many names as you like. Well, I, I have one more for sure that I want to ask, and it's Wolfie D. Um, Wolfie had had a lot of talent. He w he was athletic, and 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 he would listen. Um, I don't know if you've seen. I had I'd never seen the match before. We had a match somewhere in um, in Nashville. I think Wolfie had just come back from um, uh, Mexico or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We just talked. And actually, and actually looking at the match, it was a, technical wise, it was a damn good match. We did yeah. a lot of a lot of good stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was like what what a pleasure. You yeah. know, nobody we we're 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 on a team. We're we're going together. Nobody's trying to outshine anybody or look better. Or you know, it just 
you know, you're trying to have a great match, and that's what it was. And that's what people forget now, man. That's what people forget. I, I was always taught to go out there and make your opponent look good. And I know you are the same way. You were trying to make me look good. I was trying to make you look good. And I just learned that early. And like I said, you know, you were one of the guys that when I got in the ring with you, I honestly, you were, you were the absolute first person that I got in the ring with. And I went, okay, this guy's a professional. You know what I mean? Well, you know, you go out there with it and you beat the shit out of a guy and then beat him. What have, what have you beat? Right. <laughs> right. You got to have some psychology, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Even, right. even Rick Flair would always make everybody look great before he beat him, you know? Yeah. He knew what he was doing. He was um, very uh, routine, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen one Flair match, you've seen him all. Blessing, but yeah, you know who else was a, a damn good worker, but he was wasn't consistent. Just uh, depending on how he felt was Bob Orton Jr. He could do a lot, but if he didn't feel like working, it was oh the drizzling shit. He wanted to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he was good. Yeah. he was good. I agree. I agree with that, man, George, man, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much had, for coming on here. Yes, it has. It, I mean, dude, uh, you're one of the people that, uh, you know, me and Jimmy been doing this for what, Jimmy, year and a half, two years right. now. Yeah. And uh, you're one of the people I wanted to get on here. And uh, just because you were so much a part of my uh, my experience in the wrestling business and my uh, my upbringing, I'll say in the wrestling business and i'm so thankful that i finally got you i, I want to know i want to know what the marks are going to say about the um the um vanessa deal yeah. what? that'll be that'll be interesting to see what kind of response you get we're gonna have that out there for sure yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make something with that for sure <laughs> george no, man, I, I love you man. Knows this story, you know you, yeah. you got an exclusive there that's awesome. Well, hey, while you're saying this, do you know, is there any truth to the Stephanie McMahon, Randy story? Um, I asked, I've asked Lanny. Yeah. And, he, and Lanny would not confirm or deny it. So. <laughs> the legend continues. No, uh, I, I, I think it's absolutely true. Okay. But, but there, uh, and, and I know that, I know that Hunter hated Randy. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Put, put two and two together there, you know? So, yeah. Thank yeah. you, George. We, You're the best. That one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you'll have to come back on soon, man. We'll have a part two because, like I said, I could go through a million more names with you. So, we'll, All right. we'll get a part two in soon. So. Yeah, and hey, All Jimmy, right. what, do, what are we doing next, man? Is it Ask Wolfie or what, what, are, what are you doing me next? Oh, you know, it's a little Ask Wolfie Anything. Ask Wolfie Anything. Lord have mercy. All right. We want to thank so much. George, thank you so much for coming on, man. We're going to take a break. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Thank you, George. DJ, hit the music.
right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D Anything. Of course, last week we had the legendary Jamie Dundee on for a first time ever yeah. anywhere in the world was an Ask PG-13 Anything. And of course, we involved you guys, the listener out there. As always, we love to involve y'all and get you into the show and you all get your questions in. So, you know, we've got some good questions here today. I'm excited to hear what you say. They've loaded us up, so we're going to kind of knock out a few here. Now, the first one is from our old buddy Cause Effect on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, and it's an interesting question. I don't think we've ever heard it, but who are some of your, and, and let's think maybe growing up and maybe even to now, who are some of your celebrity crushes? <laughs> um, let's say uh, Pamela Anderson. And I always, uh, uh, Alyssa Milano. That was Oh, yeah. Boss. Who's the boss, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, Christina Applegate for uh, Married with Children. Boom. I mean, yeah. Were you ever like a Saved by the Bell guy? No, no. I never watched that. Yeah, you were pretty much in wrestling at the time when that was coming on. So Kelly Kapowski or anybody. But anyway, so yeah, Lisa Milano, Christina Applegate, Pamela Anderson. That's pretty much it, right? So yeah, I'd say that'd be. I mean, I could probably think of some more, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Cindy Crawford or Kathy Ireland or anybody like that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any current? I mean, other than Diamond Sparkles, you know. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't call any of it a crush. I'm too old for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're past that. Right. I got you. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a great question. Thank y'all. Never heard that answer from Wolfie D. So it's also fun. So the next question is a great listener from Facebook. Your favorite West Tennessee spot show town. West Tennessee spot show town. Uh, uh, trying to think what all was out there. What in the shits? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, West Tennessee spot show. I mean, there's been some good ones like uh, in Jackson. Uh, uh, I mean, Union City uh, used to do good sometimes. It's the ones they didn't go to all the time. Obviously, they would do better. Then yeah. they'd, they'd wear them out and kill them. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, as far as West Tennessee, I mean, Memphis. Gotta, I mean, Memphis, because you got to get far away uh, from Memphis to not be basically running Memphis, you know? Running Memphis, yeah. Because, I mean, they cover the Arkansas. I mean, it's so big of an area there that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. But, yeah. So, nothing, no other town comes to mind that you liked any, you know, because then you would get up into Kentucky and stuff. And really, it was. Uh, it was, um, you know, the people, not necessarily the USWA, but like the, the, the side promoters like Buddy Wayne and them, I've talked about it a bunch of, a bunch of times. They just didn't promote his show, so it didn't draw. So those spot show towns were not fun usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got you'd it. Hit, you'd hit one every now and then, but not yeah. Buddy wouldn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let the TV do the work, right? That's right. it. Buddy so. Well, Bobby, we appreciate the question, but I think the answer is what it is. It's Memphis. I mean, there's no – because if it makes sense to you, Bob, I think the answer makes sense to us. Memphis is tough to be – you know, any other town in, in West Tennessee is going to be Memphis. So, anyway, the next question is from our old buddy, your fellow construction co-worker, Bob Daniels. He always comes up with a question. So, he asked a question, and I kind of have kind of filtered it down. And, Bob, the first one he asked is, he said, would Bruiser Brody – have worked in the new church? Uh, 
probably not because of what I've heard about how he how he kind of was. I don't see him as being a uh, like I don't I, th- I think he would have probably took over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Tried to overshadow as to where uh, say me and Brian worked as a team. You know. Yeah, because you you had Brian, who was not to knock him in at all. He was very much his own guy, but he was an amalgam of Brody in a sense when he was in the new church. You know, yeah. Yeah. B- big badass dude that was your heater. You know, right. So so Brody Brody would have time to take over, and that was Jim's gig. And you know, it's yeah. You guys, you guys were the the minions of of Jim, but also kind of your own thing as well. So that's a good question, Bob. I do like it. I think it was a good answer too. So he he asked another question to kind of lead out of that, meaning like take the new church and put them against the horsemen. But I, I think I'm going to alter it, Bob, and, and and I hope you don't mind. Who could have? Let's say you're in the war games and it's you and Jamie as PG thirteen. Okay, who could have been your three? to work the horsemen. So obviously I'm throwing in Jamie there because y'all are PG. Who would you put in the other two or three guys to work the war games against the horsemen? So let's see. These are so hard to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, three more people. Um, I think it would be, I, I'm going to make it all a Memphis team and, and make it our guys, man. I'd say like uh, Lawler and Brian Lawler. And I don't know if I'd go. Maybe I don't know. Bill, maybe. Okay. Or, I like that. I like Eddie Gilbert, or you know what I mean, somebody like that. I like that a lot because then you've got Lawler against Flair. You've got Brian Christopher against Luger or Barry Windham or whatever. You got PG versus the Brain Busters. Yeah, I, I like that matchup. And then of course Eddie or, or Bill can kind of feel like not a not a, a somewhat managerial type gimmick, you know, yeah. against JJ. That's a good. I like that. Yeah. Now, okay. Now I'm going to go to Bob's original question. If you were to do the new church, what would you put in there against? They, the they, Hold on now, because I was thinking, I, I don't know what I was thinking just then, because you said four horsemen, there's four of them, fuck. And I wasn't thinking, you said three more, so that kind of threw me. So Well, because it, they always brought JJ it in. To, it would have to be Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a great question. That's a great answer. Yeah, because they bring in JJ Dillon, so Jimmy would be the perfect guy. Absolutely. Good point. Okay, well, if you were to do the new church, <laughs> who would you say there? Um... Let's see here. Um, uh, obviously, my, I think my best choice would be the Road Warriors. Um, that would be fun. Oh yeah, but um, I don't know. If we, I don't know. I guess we can throw anybody uh, still with us or not in there. So I guess I'll just go with them, and then uh, I guess Paul Ellering would be the manager. I love it. That's great. That's awesome. All right. Well, that one is that one. So do you, do you want one more? Are you feeling sure. good? All right. So this one is Daniel Chad Whitehead. He has this question on Facebook here. Where do you buy wrestling boots? This is this is continued, so we'll answer that in a second. Are they custom made or can you find them at a Walmart? <laughs> um, a, um, uh, most of my career, I did not wear boots. Right. And shoes. That was the whole gimmick. But the when I did, I think my first pair came from uh, K&H, which I'm not even sure if they're still in business. That was like old school shit. And I remember getting the, 
the little they had a black and white stapled together little um catalog yeah. you know, I thought that was the coolest fucking thing you know i was not really in the business yet but kind of training yeah, yeah. So, Oh, I thought I was cool shit for having that, but uh, <laughs> it, the the slash boots, um, the original slash boots were just high techs with uh, catcher shin guards that I spray painted. A lot of people thought those were boots. A lot of the boys, I oh, mean, I always thought those were boots. No, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but then the the final pair that I had, they came from Mexico. I can't remember. Uh, not not like when I went down there. I ordered them from there. I can't remember. Um, right company was but no as far as i know you can't buy them at walmart i don't know you know one one halloween i dressed up as green arrow okay the emerald archer in dc comics yeah. and i bought my boots they were green rain boots <laughs> and i did buy them at walmart yeah. i would recommend them as a great cosplay but i would never jump in the ring <laughs> with those but yeah so not a bad question daniel we appreciate it but yeah you, you can't i mean maybe the walmart in certain areas could open up a wrestling boot section but yeah so i think that's it for ask wolfie d anything they were kind of easy on you man but you know yeah. it's, it's, like, it. it's hard to because i feel that i am you know somewhat of a humble person so when you're asking me to put myself in the ring with like the four horsemen, it's like, <laughs> I feel like almost dumb saying it, you know? <laughs> sure. Sure. It's a hypothetical. You know? Yeah. And Bob, yeah. Keep them coming, brother. Thank you for that. <laughs> and I just want to say this real quick. We've been in the top hundred for over three months now. And, you know, I work so freaking hard on this show, man. And I know you know that. I'm not saying that, but that means so much to me, y'all, that you I'm getting a little emotional, man. But I <laughs> I I just want to say like with a sincere thank you to everyone that the the work that I put into it, it it really is shown by us doing that. Now the top two hundred is not the be all end all, but being in the top one hundred and consistently in the halfway point of that is so meaningful to to us here at the show but to me it, it just justifies all the work that i put into this show and the work to deserve the name of wolfie d the work to deserve the guest you bring on i you know it just means the world to us if you could do us a great favor you know if you don't follow us on social media and i feel like probably all of you do so thank you for that but if you don't we're at live wolfie d on all of them and if you don't go subscribe to our youtube channel it would mean the world to us we want to hit a thousand subscribers it puts us in a different perspective once that happens and really we can start turning some stuff out and and y'all y'all are awesome you've got you know you've definitely responded to all of our our, our shows so i don't want to complain too much but if you could <laughs> do a little more go subscribe to our youtube channel and rate and review us on any of apple spotify or whatever you listen to us on but seriously i from the bottom of my heart i i know wolfie thanks me and thanks you all a lot but i don't always get to say it because i don't want to step on what he's saying but from the perspective of this i thank you all from the bottom of my heart it means the world so that was, that was nice and we yeah. appreciate everyone that listens and gives us feedback and all that kind of stuff. Cause like we said before, 
you know, we're not, we're definitely not doing this for the money. It's, <laughs> it's kind of fun. Um, most times, uh, sometimes Jimmy will tell you that I'm like, oh, do we have to? <laughs> do I have to talk about wrestling again? <laughs> but, uh, it is fun, and and my, obviously one of my favorite parts is having people like George on and and Road Dog and just people that I know and don't get to talk to a lot. And uh, but uh, yeah, that's it's we have fun with it. We appreciate y'all. Seriously, We're wrap it up. Wrap it up like all y'all kids should be doing with your new girlfriends and stuff. Wrap it up. <laughs> See you guys next week on Live in Color with Willie D. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. The podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics, to superstar interviews, to action figure expertise. This team does it all, and all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right. It's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. Hey everyone, this is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you are interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M, the man, 73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World. If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show.
So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, They can find me on Facebook. Uh, My personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you don't. He got a cap for you don't. I got a cap for you don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it, color. Blum rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap, unlike any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip-hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Late low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you want to get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Then I'm driving it home, it's Ruby D, baby. Huh, I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.